Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. This show will begin shortly after these messages from our advertisers. Advertising is what keeps the show alive. Your support means they'll continue to advertise and the podcast will continue to be free. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you in bad pain? You know what I mean. Your knees hurt, your shoulder hurts, and your back. Oh my God, your back. They're constantly killing you. And I'm sure you've tried every pain pill or cream available at the drugstore. Am I right? Well, here is something you haven't tried. Pain Absolve. Pain Absolve is not available in any drugstore. The only way to get it is by calling today. We're so confident that it will work for you that we offer a free bottle with your purchase. No prescription needed. And best of all, each purchase comes with a money-back guarantee. Call now to find out how you can get Pain Absolve and get rid of your pain. Call 800-261-0783. That's 800-261-0783. 800-261-0783. Call today. 800-261-0783. Are you lacking a little something between paranormal and abnormal? You need the Into the Paranormal store. Now open at ParabnormalRadio.com. From hoodies to shirts, accessories, and our digital music library, it's all available in the Into the Paranormal store. Your purchase directly helps support the show. Thanks for buying from the Into the Paranormal store at ParabnormalRadio.com. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yo, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com That's one 844 Leaf. Hello? It's all over the place. Aliens haven't contacted us so far, except maybe in the state of Arizona. Major sighting here. 
They are not what they claim to be. We are controlling transmission. It's not an alien force already among us. There's something out here. I'll be in your head before you wake up. I felt like something was near me. They don't know they're dead. Holy Originating from a remote location, nearly as top secret as Area 51. We have made contact with extraterrestrials. My phone rings, I pick it up. It's your program on there. Now, you tell me how that happened. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. These glowing objects crash and then hundreds of red eyes are coming at them. You're traveling on the edge of midnight into the paranormal. With Jeremy Scott. I literally have an encyclopedia of information next to me. And we're going to delve into that tonight as we talk about the history of us and them. As in extraterrestrial beings. Also, we've got another UFO sightings report coming your way tonight. And so much more from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon. Somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I am Jeremy Scott. And I would love to welcome you to the program tonight. We are here. We are live. It is Saturday, the 30th of June, 2018, live in the flesh. And the way for you to get involved is to pick up the phone and dial toll free. We'll even pay for it. 855-790-8255. That's 855-790-8255. Or you can Skype. ITP 51. If you uh, are new to the program, we try to cover as many topics in the three hours that we have been granted on a Saturday evening. So we do move a little quicker than some other shows. And tonight is one of those cases. We'll talk about what we were going to do tonight and now what we are going to do tonight because they are two totally separate things. But just get ready tonight, friends, because not only are we going to talk about what I just mentioned, but we, you know, we may even have some time for you to take us in any direction that you see fit uh, before we say good night here on this Saturday evening. And I've also got uh, a really um, awesome uh, announcement to make later on concerning I guess for the program next week on the program, uh, you know, we, we do plan this show out uh, months in advance, but sometimes there are more pressing things that deserve the attention on the airwaves. And so we will give that attention on the airwaves and move things as need be. And next week is one of those situations. Of course, if you were with us on our Sunday night show just a couple of nights ago, boy, that turned into be uh, one of the best shows that I've ever done. Thanks to your participation when we uh, when we didn't have our guest, by the way, Laura Lynn will be coming up on July the 29th. That is the Sunday special at the end of July. Uh, she had some uh, family matter come up, and uh, she's all well and good. People were wondering after they heard that tonight's guest, Dr. Diane Hennessy-Powell, was not coming on the program. You began to wonder if somebody was uh, sabotaging this program. And if somebody was trying to uh, get to the guests who were coming on. And try to convince them that they shouldn't come on this program for whatever reason. I have no evidence of that. I don't believe that's the case. Like I said, I talked I talked with Laura, and she expressed her heartfelt, sincere apologies for not being able to be with us on the program last Sunday night. And as far as this evening is concerned, uh, we had booked uh, the guest 
for the first half of the program well in advance, well over a month ago. And uh, the, the protocol is that we will reach out to the guest uh, the week of the program. And if we do not hear back, well, we must go in another direction. So we are going to go in that other direction tonight. And I'm glad you're along for the ride. Uh, we are in the uh, summer season, so, you know, a lot of folks are traveling. We've got the 4th of July coming up in just a couple of days, otherwise known as Independence Day. It's not just a holiday to uh, to eat hot dogs and to drink beer and set off fireworks. Uh, it's a whole lot more than that. So, folks, we'll be traveling, and, you know, if you're traveling, you probably should be a little concerned at this. Stories up at paranormalradio.com, but the uh, the long and short of it is there is a device now on the market that makes you invisible to thermal imaging. So can you imagine uh, if that device could be used on humans, what it might be used to conceal? A device that can that can make you invisible to thermal imaging. Apparently it's out there. I'm not sure whether or not it has been tested by, uh, really put to the test, but apparently it does work, and it does give you a cloak of invisibility. Can you just imagine the possibilities of that equation? You know, it is World Asteroid Day. Started in 2015, and here we are, 2018, and we still are safe. We've not been wiped out by an asteroid. I was wondering if a World uh, International Asteroid Day would ever uh, coincide with an actual event. Uh, considering that when these asteroids hit, we really have no advance notice of them. They, they find these things just hours before they cruise into uh, Earth's orbit, literally in many cases. And so they don't give us a, a, a much of a warning as far as that is concerned. But nonetheless, this is the day where researchers around the world gather to discuss the dangers that asteroids poise, uh, pose to planet Earth and what we can do to mitigate that threat. In fact, bottom of the hour with my very special guest on Parabnormal News as John Jeter is off this evening, but will return to the program next week. My special guest of Parabnormal News tonight will tell us about a story in which a scientist is saying that NASA is not telling the truth on asteroids and that they are covering this stuff up. So that's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, there's a new theory out there about D.B. Cooper. And if you have any thoughts on that, 855-790-8255. That's 855-790-8255. wasn't too many weeks ago that we actually did a program on a Friday night, which turned into an open lines program in which we entertained a theory at that point on who, in fact, D.B. Cooper actually is or was. So if you're interested in that, I would go back. That was May the 18th when we uh, did that program, episode number 255. And we talked about that latest theory at the time. Well, there is another theory uh, out on the uh, disappearance of D.B. Cooper. Uh, the the skyjacker who over the Pacific Northwest we know hijacked a plane on November the twenty fourth in nineteen seventy two. Well, 
Now there is this new theory that says investigators have confirmed the Skyjacker's identity, and it is not who many people thought, but rather that of a Vietnam veteran by the name of Robert Rackstraw. He has long been suspected of being the infamous Skywalker and apparently wrote a letter to the uh, Oregonian newspaper, which is the uh, daily here in my neck of the woods. After this, this happened months after a man who gave the fictitious name of D.B. Cooper hijacked a Seattle-bound flight and later parachuted out of a plane with $200,000, apparently never to be heard from again. Well, there's a television producer who has uh, hired private investigators, and apparently they, uh, on this case, uh, through some decoding, say that it was, in fact, Mr. Rackstraw. Now, Rob Bertrand, who we had on the program in that episode 255 back on May the 18th, responded to this story in the End of the Paranormal Facebook group where you can find a live chat thread tonight. It's the pinned post over on the End of the Paranormal Facebook group. If you're not a member there, just send a request and we'll get you in quick. Rob responds, Rackstraw is an interesting subject. My only issue with him is that the flight attendant, Tina Mucklow, ruled him out as not being D.B. Cooper. She spent five hours with the Skyjacker, so I trust her opinion. And there you go. That's uh, from Rob Bertrand, who runs the Northwest Escape Experience, which uh, uh, you can go have uh, a D.B. Cooper uh, experience up there. That's that's. He's uh, studied a lot of uh, the theories and, uh, you know, has his own, and we, you know, not to rehash everything we already talked about, uh, wasn't too long ago. I would just uh, encourage you to go back and check out that episode. I don't know. I don't think in my lifetime we're ever going to definitively know uh, who is the actual D.B. Cooper. Uh, I think that there will continue to be claims and continue to be claims. But again, these are private investigators, and if they're paid uh, to do something, if they're paid to come up with a name, if they're come, paid to come up with evidence, well, they may just come up with the evidence that supports the theory of the person who paid them to do the work. Um, just, just my thoughts on that. Well, things couldn't have aligned much better tonight than to have my friend Ken Pfeiffer back on the program. Um, it's been about three months since we had him on last, and we like to have him on about every three months to talk about UFO sighting case files from a MUFON investigator. Ken Pfeiffer has investigated more than 700 UFO cases in his time at MUFON and posts pictures and credible reports on his websites. WorldUFOPhotos.org has more than 12,000 of the best UFO photos anywhere and growing every single day. And over at WorldUFOPhotosAndNews.org, his sister website, there are more than 2,400 case files from around the world. Ken is state director of the Mutual UFO Network in Rhode Island and Vermont, chief investigator of the New Jersey chapter. And he's also the international director in Israel, in Iran, and in Portugal. And tonight, he's back on the program with another UFO sightings report. We've got some very recent accounts. In fact, just within the past few days of real UFOs seen by real people in North Carolina and Texas and Pennsylvania. Ken's here to share those. We've posted all the pictures up at 
the website that we're going to reference this evening, so we encourage you to check those out. And we're also going to talk about the 1956 disappearance of a U.S. Air Force bomber. Ken, welcome back to the program, buddy. Hey, my friend, how you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me on. It, it's a real honor to be on your show, and I appreciate it. And it's a it's a pleasure to have you here. Was I mistaken? Did I see not too long ago that you had either left MUFON or you were highly considering it? Uh, <laughs> that's a long story. I've left MUFON a few times. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I just can't agree with, with uh, the way they do things, and, uh, you know, I, I have a short temper, and, Sometimes I, I quit when I shouldn't, and uh, so. But uh, Jane Harzan from UFON called me back and talked to me. We had a long talk, and you know he's uh, he's going to sort things out for me. So now I'm I'm still in there. As a matter of fact, I'm also the international director for uh, China, uh, Mongolia, Iraq, Iran, uh, of course Israel, Portugal. I think I have a couple more in the works right now. So yeah, I've been pretty busy. I, I enjoy it. So I, I you know the reason why I stay with MUFON is. The case files and and the photos and it's uh, it's just uh, very interesting uh, stuff. It really is. Yeah, but Ken, you have quite the collection of your own photos. At some point, you may not need MUFON because you have so many of these reports and pictures already on your websites. Well, the funny part is uh, the, the crazy part is I I think over the years I, I think I developed my uh, World UFO Photos uh, website, collected all these photos. It's been over ten years. And I think maybe I've gotten one compliment from UFON people, you know, that, that appreciate what I do. You know, it's like I'm non-existent with MUFON. And I even talked to a few of the guys there and Jane Harzan, and I said, you know, hey, guys, use my website as a training tool. You can always get witnesses, go to my website, and, if uh, you know, if they don't have a picture of it, at least they can be able to uh, find a, a, a craft that was similar to what they saw, and we can add it to their case file, but uh, it all goes in one ear and out the other, so I, you know, th- these are some of the little things that really, uh, really get under my skin, but um, I'm plugging on air, so I'm, I'm doing my thing, and, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, I'm in the process of possibly getting a book together. Of course, now I have to get permission from, from a tons of people to, uh, you know, uh, publish their photos. But that, that's another story. So hopefully I might have something uh, coming up in the works real soon. Well, I'm excited for you, Ken, because uh, you know I certainly value the work that you do. I've been having you on for a couple of years, and so we we do this. Uh, we used to do it once a month when I was on five nights a week. Now we're you know when we're on one night a week, uh, we have you on about every three months. But your your reports are always credible; they're uh, legit, and uh, they're breathtaking at sometimes. Yeah, I'll tell you what; most of them are from the uh, the Mufon case files, and and. Uh I have a couple of uh, uh, ufologists working for me out there in uh, um, Newton Abbott, Devin, uh, De- Devin, I'm sorry, Newton Abbott, Devin, England, John Mooner. He's a, he's one of my investigators, and, and he has some incredible things that he sends me. And maybe maybe the next show we do, I can kind of uh, run by a lot of the things that he has sent me, and, and he's a big part of uh, worldufophotos.org, that's for sure. But we are here now at the end of June. We're headed into July, getting ready for 4th of July, Independence Day, uh, in just a couple of days. No doubt we're outside more than we are in December. And this is the time of year, Ken, when these UFO sighting reports really uh, start to increase. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And, and uh, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, today, uh, 10, 20 years ago, nobody was walking around with a camera, but everyone has a camera today through their phone. And, um, you know, we, we're getting some incredible uh, photos of just uh, tons of stuff that's coming in. Um, and it's, it's, it's really exciting to, to open up my email every day and, and, and uh, see what, what I see on, on some of these uh, case files and, and photos that I receive. Ken, I want to get into some of these uh, reports um, uh, for uh, the listeners, which they can find if they go to parabnormalradio.com and click on the episode tonight. We will follow. Those will be up soon uh, on social media. We'll get those up over the break here. Um, but these reports, all from the past couple of weeks, uh, in fact, one of them uh, there in North Carolina, which we'll talk about in a couple moments, uh, happened just two days ago. So these are not just rehashed uh, sightings from years back. I mean, you're you're in some cases reporting this uh, in real time, and these are some of the first reports documented anywhere on the Internet is on your websites. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, I try to stay on top of this. I, of course, I browse the web every day, and I get a majority of my cases and photos from uh, Viewfind. But yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes I, I uh, you know, get I post things the same day that they happen, and you know that's a little bit rare. But uh, yeah, we're getting them uh, fast and hard. So um, yeah, I, I try to publish as much as I can. Let's uh, set the stage for uh, the sighting reports that you're going to share with us tonight. Uh, we have one from North Carolina, and we have one from Texas, and uh, we have one from uh, the state of Pennsylvania. And all of these, Ken, uh, remind folks how you go about uh, what you do with the pictures. You do zoom in on them so that you can get a clearer shot of the craft, but there is no other... Uh, photographic manipulation to it, is there? Uh, no, not at all. Basically, all I do is enhance the photo. Uh, I'm not changing the photo. I'm just making it appear the way it, it, it should be if it was a clear shot. And essentially, uh, you know, with, with today's, uh, with, with people out there walking around with 12 and 15 megapixel cameras, I mean, you can take a, a picture of a dot in the black sky and enlarge this thing to something that's it'll blow your mind. So, you know, I, of course I do uh, uh, enlarge them and, and try to, uh, uh, clear, you know, clarify them and enhance them as much as I can to, to get the best picture out of there. But they're, they're the real thing, that's for sure. Now, Ken, I've always wondered um, why you don't post the original picture along with it, because in some cases you want to know what the terrain is. You want to see if there's anything else in the sky, like a drone or a bird, and to scale how that might look. Have you thought about posting the original side by side? Is there a reason you don't? Uh, yeah, I've thought about that a lot, but but quite frankly, uh, you know, posting the original, like I said, it's really not much to look at. And that's the problem with today's uh, UFO organizations. They're, they're publishing and posting photos that, you know, you have no idea what it is. Could be a bird, could be a piece of dust on, on a camera lens. But, um, yeah, now there, there are some uh, circumstances where I, I could and should post these side by side. But a majority of the photos I get are, are things that's from the night sky or 
or things that are in the clouds and you know you really can't get too much of a reference as to uh, buildings and ground so it's basically you know it's here's what you get uh, is is uh, and i publish them that way but every once in a while i, I do put a <clears throat> smaller version of of the original photo and then but like i said it's uh, sometimes you really can't make out what it is but once you enlarge it once you enhance it then it brings out all the details of of these alien craft that's flying around so, I mean, is there a possibility that, uh, I mean, we're zooming, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I, I, I believe that these pictures, uh, as you say, are, are alien craft because you do make that, uh, you do make that ca- case. But, I mean, when, when we can't see the original picture, some might say, well, you're just zooming in on a speck of dust or something like that. Yeah, no, no, it's not really the case. I mean, uh, my, my, all my photos are, are very credible. I don't even publish them. As a matter of fact, there are countless thousands upon thousands of photos that I don't even bother publishing because, you know, like I said, you, you really, you really can't tell what it is. It's, uh, you know, it could be a bird, a balloon, a, a dirt on a lens. It, it could be, and it's, it's terrible. I don't even know why these guys post these photos. All it's really doing is, is, uh, Giving less credibility credibility to these these things flying around in the sky. So, um, you know, I take not all of them, but but I take some and then uh, the ones I feel that need enhancing and enlarging, to you can actually see something. I you know that's the way to go, and it's it's been working for me pretty good. Yeah, and Kenan and I have got in in the many conversations that we've had, the hours of conversations that we've had over the years, we have gotten into all sorts of of these aspects like anomalies and and cameras and seasons and trends and all of that so if you if you click on um on ken pfeiffer's name on the website you'll see all the other shows in which we've done and i would encourage you to go back and check some of those out maybe just listen to them all on a marathon just the ken pfeiffer segments because that's some good stuff and we'll come back get into those ufo sighting reports with MUFON investigator Ken Pfeiffer coming up. Don't miss Paranormal News with John Jeter at the bottom of the hour. Only on Into the Paranormal. Jonathan Messer created a universe with the flip of a 67-cent Radio Shack switch. Paradox, the debut time travel thriller from E.G. Rowley. After being pulled unconscious from his birding home, Jonathan embarks on an incredible universe-spanning adventure while battling two warring factions, one determined to control his invention, the other bent on its ultimate destruction, fueled by painful memories John is focused on only one goal, save his family, no matter the cost. E.G. Rowley draws on his degree in applied science and his love of science fiction to create a dazzling, mind-bending adventure that will challenge the reality of the very universe you live in. Available at egrowley.com in paperback, audiobook, and all-new Jump Cart Audio, exclusively from Jump Master Press. Paradox from E.G. Rowley. This is Power of Normal News. I'm Rich Giordano. The Japanese spacecraft Hayabusa has begun its year and a half stay 12 miles from the 3,000 foot wide asteroid Ryugu. 
It reached its rendezvous point on Wednesday morning and sent back an image from the probe's optical navigation camera. The craft was launched in 2014 by the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency. Hayabusa 2 will perform experiments, deploy a small lander and three rovers, and blast an artificial crater to analyze material below the surface of the diamond-shaped asteroid. It will bring samples back to Earth in late 2020. This mission will go deeper than the first, which brought back dust from the asteroid Itikawa in 2010. A physics PhD and former Microsoft executive accuses NASA of covering up the truth about asteroids. In a peer-reviewed paper, Nathan Mirvold refutes NASA's data, saying it, quote-unquote, suffers from systematic errors and inconsistencies. He accuses scientists in the Near-Earth Object-Wide Field Infrared Survey Explorer Program of, quote-unquote, deliberate scientific misconduct for a long period of time. Mirvold said, they have led us to believe their results are more accurate than reality and have ignored his attempts to point out the inaccuracies. Neowise has not commented on his claims, but says the team stands by its data and scientific findings that have been published in several peer-reviewed journal articles and that NASA is confident the processes and analysis performed are valid, as verified by independent researchers. Connect with the news at ParanormalRadio.com. I'm Rich Giordano, Paranormal News. Jeremy Scott asks the questions that we're all dying to know on Into the Parabnormal. And we got some strange things in the sky all over the place, tracked by MUFON investigators such as Ken Pfeiffer, reported by eyewitnesses just like you. These are hundreds of reports that come in every year. Ken has more than, well, 12,000 of the best UFO photos anywhere on worldufophotos.org and over 2,400 case files from all around the world at worldufophotosandnews.org. Ken, let's dive right into the sightings, and we'll start in Holden Beach, North Carolina, just two days ago. This was Thursday, the 28th of June. Tell us about this one. Uh, yeah, I sent in two photos to you, uh, 1A and 1B, and, and uh, these were pretty incredible when I opened these up. Now, I didn't have to enlarge these these much, but what I try to do is enlarge my photos so there's close to a, a million pixels in each photo. So that's how I kind of size my photos. But basically, on Holden Beach a couple days ago, it says here we were vacationing at Holden Beach, North Carolina, sitting on the upper balcony listening to podcasts. Uh, we seen two commercial planes fly along the coast, and we used an app to determine this. My son, my son said, what is that? 
The third object came into view and passed the two commercial planes in the sky. It then done a 180-degree turn and slowed almost to a stop over the ocean. Uh, it still looked like a distant plane. Then it changed into a single amber light, then changed into two amber lights, and then it changed into three and back to one. It then just disappeared. Uh, several people saw this, uh, but I'm only speaking for me and my son. So this, this was one of the reports we got from uh, from Holden Beach, and, and uh, they're, they're pretty pretty darn good photos, I feel. Okay, so 180-degree turn, slowing to almost a stop over the ocean. And we had aviation expert Ty Rogaway on the program even just as soon as last Sunday night. But we've had him many times on this program. And he would tell you, conventional aircraft don't do that. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. That's the, that's the main thing. Uh, the reason why I, I pick out these cases and know that they're the real thing is when people are telling me that these things are stopping and, and you know, doing 180s and, or 90-degree turns, or they're, they're just flying across the speed, and then they slow down, and then they take off at an incredible speed. I mean, these aren't any kind of craft that we have on this earth, that's for sure. And so, uh, what, remind us, what, what time of day was that sighting on Thursday? Uh, this was, uh, I believe it was around uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, from what I understand. And, so and, it was it was a nighttime uh, nighttime deal, and and uh, uh, these photos were were pretty pretty close to the size I have them right now. But I did it, like I said, I try to enlarge these things to to get around a million uh, megapix, uh, megapixels to uh, you know for the photo itself, just to uh, you know make it a little bit bigger so everyone can see it. Uh, especially when people are, or have a small laptop or they're looking at these things through their iPhone. I mean, you, you, it, it's hard enough. Uh, to be able to see something or see a good photo, but that's why I try to try to make them a little bit bigger for it's easier for people to see. And it, like it just disappeared, like out like a light bulb. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what they say. That's what they said. It just disappeared, and and uh, you know I could see sometimes uh, you know these things uh, could be flying through a haze, which you really can't see at night. Sometimes uh, there are layers in the sky, and and sometimes I've seen commercial airplanes disappear in, in the sky. And apparently these, uh, I feel my theory is that uh, some of these airplanes are just flying through a layer, um, you know, and, and it, it makes them look like they're disappearing. But, uh, you know, they're they're probably there. I'm, you know, I'm only guessing right now, but I've seen some pretty strange things. And I'm a pilot myself, so I, I got a general okay. idea as to what, uh, what they go through. Yeah, okay, so you're a pilot yourself, and you've seen aircraft just kind of disappear maybe behind the clouds or, or something. Can you share one of those with us? Uh, basically, I was in my backyard. See, my uh, the the planes come. Um, there's a Victor Airway. Basically, it's a it's an invisible highway in the sky that these pilots follow to go from one destination to another. And apparently, uh, there's one of these highways right over my uh, right over top of my house. So any any planes coming from the south southern direction. Um, they fly right over my house to to get into Philadelphia International Airport. So you know, just laying on my pool, and I'm always watching these planes fly over. And and it's one plane. Uh, they're usually at about three or four thousand feet. Some are lower, some are higher. But uh, this plane was about maybe I'd say I guess about four thousand feet. And and you know, I followed them, and and it seemed like a clear sky. You know, it wasn't perfectly clear, but it was a clear clear sky. And and this plane just just disappeared right in front of my eyes. And and 
Of course, I got excited about that and did a little bit of research and, and you know, came to the conclusion that it's a possibility that he just, you know, flew into one of these, these uh, uh, layers that are in the sky because I've, I've, I've experienced that myself. If, if you want to fly up to 6,000, 7,000 feet, you're going to fly through layers of sky. And unless you're a pilot, it's really kind of hard to, to explain, but it's it's a very thin blankets uh, of, of um, you know, particles, uh, moisture. Um, it could be different things, really, but uh, that that's what happens sometimes. You know, these, these planes just disappear. All right, so that first picture, uh, which you can find on the website, uh, it's just popcorn floating through the sky, Ken. <laughs> yeah, it's swamp gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to, to uh, sighting number two. Uh, and this also from about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks now. It was uh, Sunday, the 17th of June in League City, Texas. Uh, yeah, that was just uh, last week. Uh, I sent you uh, two photos, 2A and 2B. Uh, the photo 2A is, is just incredible. I get a lot of photos like that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify this as an orb. I, I'm not really sure if we're looking at the bottom of a, of a, uh, an alien craft or, or what, but a lot of them have that dimple in the middle. And that's, that's the part that, that uh, really, uh, really interests me. And, and it's, uh, it's very strange. But yeah, this was at June 17th, Lee City, Texas. Uh, he noticed three objects far away, so, so cannot tell the shape, but they appeared to be something unusual. The three objects are in a tri- triangular formation, but spread out. The center object appeared to be the largest. Lights appeared white, but you can see flashes of small red and blue. The light on the object, object does not appear to be connected. At times, I could see three separate distinct lights on a center object uh, with a glow that moved towards the back. I zoomed in on my camera phone, uh, X10, and captured the pictures attached. The object to the left had a red orange glow to the lights I'm, I'm honestly not sure what i've seen but i would love to uh love some feedback on 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 what this could be so uh yeah they were they were two uh two pretty incredible uh photos you can see uh a 2b the second photo it, it's this thing is changing uh changing shape now quite frankly i'm not sure if if that's the same object as as 1b but uh, but then again this could be one of the second objects that he observed he didn't make a determination in in the case file but uh, i figured i'd i'd show you both of them yeah so that's uh, pictures at 2a and 2b which you can uh see uh on the website and clearly labeled that so you know which ones we're talking about um Something like this uh, with with uh, the lights and the glow, three separate distinct lights, as this witness reported, on the center object with a glow that moved towards the back. And yet when they uh, zoomed in on the camera, you kind of just get, well, just kind of one big giant glob. You can't really see uh, the lights. We'll have to trust the witness that, that that's indeed what they saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they... Uh they, uh, these people get excited about it. I mean, a majority of these people, this is the first time they've ever seen something uh, in the sky like that. And, and quite frankly, you know, you get excited, uh, you, you forget things, and, and you know, you're, you're sometimes your brain just goes blank. Uh, but I've, I've experienced that myself on, on one of the sightings I had, and, and then finally 
realize what was going on and and um you know that this is what happens to people sometimes when, when they see these things in the sky and we move on to our third UFO sighting report, which was from two weeks ago on the 14th of June in the state of Pennsylvania in Man's Choice, Pennsylvania. And this is a photo number three, Ken. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty... Uh, apparently, this is the bottom of the craft. Uh, you know, these, these people are taking photos and, and being, being, being able to capture the bottom of the craft, but... Uh, it says here, Man's Choice, Pennsylvania, I saw through binoculars an object in the sky which was bright white and looked like a Ferris wheel. It was round and had spokes on it. It was brighter than any star and stationary in the southern sky. Then it would suddenly change from and become smaller pulsating lights of green, yellow, blue, and red that would zip around erratically uh, above the sky at impossible speeds. Then it would return to appear as the original structure. I counted at least 20 of these objects in the sky, but all of the others were further away, and these objects were, were seen everywhere except for in the western sky. Uh, does anyone have any idea what these things are? And these objects have been seen by many people other than, other than myself, and I'm going to view them through my telescope tonight. So uh, this is one, one of the photos that uh, I had to enlarge. And uh, this is just uh, just incredible. I, I love this shot of of, uh, of this, you know, the shot that he took. And apparently, this is one of them shots where, you know, normally if if someone would, would hand a picture to you and and you know you say, hey, there's a UFO in this picture, and you're looking at it and say, well, show me where it is. Uh, like I said, sometimes you can pick a dot out of a picture, and, and depending on the megapixels of the witness's camera, you can enlarge these things. And this is what I got. So uh, that's that was it, it blew me away when I saw it. Yeah, and and I'm glad you said it was the bottom of the craft because looking at it, it's almost as if uh, it's it's a portal opening up in the sky. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's another uh, another subject you can spend hours talking about. But I I have no idea. I really don't. Yeah. Well, Ken, let's let's go, uh, and I appreciate the sightings report tonight. Uh, we've got those pictures up on uh, everywhere, so you'll be able to see those if you just go take a look. Um, 1956, though this is one of those um, stories that I think folks need to uh, need to hear, whether they've heard it before or, or whether they haven't. Uh, you know, everybody was talking about the Malaysia uh, Airlines flight that, uh, you know, nobody's ever... Apparently found wreckage of. I mean, there's still even a dispute over that. And yet we were rewind, rewind 52 years. Uh, sorry, 62 years. Yeah. Ni- 1956. And here is a U.S. Air Force bomber that departs McDill Air Force Base in Florida, headed for Africa, and just disappears. You want to share the witness account of this, Ken? Uh, yeah, basically, the, the witness said here, back in 1956, a lone Boeing B-47 Stratojet bomber took off from McDill Air Force Base. Now, of course, McDill is in Tampa, Florida. I, I've been there myself, and it's a, a beautiful base. Uh, it's about four miles outside of Tampa, Florida, and this jet was bound for Ben Guerrero Air Base in Morocco, a nation in uh, northwest Africa. En route to Morocco, and during the last leg of a long flight, the bomber was scheduled for some refuels from an airborne tanker uh, deployed out of the Mediterranean Sea. 
However, after its successful first refueling, the aircraft descended through a thick cloud bank to initiate its second refueling at an altitude of, of uh, 14,000 feet. The Stratojet, however, never made contact with the tanker for the second refuel. In fact, it went completely off the communications and radar grids, and despite intense Air Force and North Atlantic Treaty Organization searches and investigations, neither high nor hair of the aircraft ever turned up. Uh, the bad, the scary part is, is there was two nuclear payloads uh, aboard the bomber, so the disappearance of the aircraft, along with its highly trained and specialized crew, has re remained one of the worst, uh, most worrisome cases on on record. Uh, it says here a Spanish UFO club uh, were chron uh, chronicling uh, numerous reports of flying saucers in a huge mothership passing around northwest Africa from Morocco to central Libra during the same time that the Air Force bomber had vanished. So that's another twist to the story here. It also seems that extraterrestrials have shown an interest in the varied ad uh, activities taking place at MacDill Air Force Base. As early as 1st October 1946, the pilot and crew of a C-47 aircraft reported a cigar-shaped object with luminous portholes flying over the over the then Tampa Air uh, Tampa Army Air Corps Airport, uh, Airfield. So apparently that's that's what it was called before it's uh, uh, McDill Air Force Base. So uh, numerous reports of uh, mysterious aerial objects have accumulated in the files of local UFO groups in the Tampa area over the years during 1950s and 1960s. UFO reports essentially intensified when McDill was designated as a strategic air command installation for deployment uh, of the B-47 Stratojet bombers. And an additional note here, it says in September 2010, an unusual press conference was convened in Washington, D.C., and at the conference, a prominent UFO researcher, Robert Hastings, and a half dozen or so former United States military airmen asserted that the U.S. Air Force is lying about the national security implications of uh, unidentified aerial objects at, at nuclear bases, and we can prove it. Uh, the military personnel maintain that since the mid-40s, uh, extraterrestrials and spaceships have not only been visiting Earth, but hovering over British and American nuclear missile sites and temporary uh, deactivating the weapons. Uh, weapons. And uh, this ufologist, this John Hastings called me uh, one day. He, I mentioned on the radio that, that my son was at uh, F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and, and he was a missile cop. They basically go out to three states and, and, and check out the missile silos, make sure that everything's fine, and, and my son saw a couple some strange things. But, uh, yeah, he called me when he was writing his book, uh, Robert Hastings, and, and uh, uh, he was the organizer of the conference, and, and he uh, declared that I believe these gentlemen... I believe what these gentlemen believe, that this planet is being visited by beings from another world who for some, who for whatever reason have taken an interest in the nuclear arms race. The UFO expert insists that a global conspiracy, conspiracy exists in which all major governments have been covering up evidence of UFOs for decades. So I, I, wanted, I wanted to run that by you, and, and I thought it was a very interesting uh, you know, thing that I came across here, and, and it's people have to know. They really do. Yeah, and we want to know what happened to those nuclear pl 
payloads because uh, you hinted on something which we talked about with Tom Pettit uh, almost two years ago on this program, and he's coming back on the program. Imagine that next hour. So we'll have to ask him about that, but that's very troubling. That's great. Yeah, oh, that, that's a, yeah. He's he's a good guest. Uh, yeah, that's some scary stuff. It, it really is. Um, I I really it, it just boggles my mind sometimes. I really don't know what to think of it. Well, Ken, um, we wish you the best uh, as you uh, continue uh, your efforts with MUFON. Um, and uh, I know that you have lots of work to do as far as cate- categorizing, cataloging all of these reports. There, there's no shortage of uh, UFO sighting reports in 2018. Uh, no, that's for sure. I would say every day. Uh, just MUFON alone is averaging, I would, I'm a guesstimate, is about 30 cases throughout the world every day and um, you know that's just MUFON there's, there's a three or four other organizations out there that are also picking up a lot of uh, case files and it, it's a shame that we can't uh, put these things all together but that's what I try to do I, I try to you know get the most important ones and, and uh, publish them and so people can can really know what's going on anything new with your discoveries on Mars and, and the moon and tell folks how you uh, you come across some of these yeah, I have a, a quite a few. Uh, basically, I've been. Um, I, I just downloaded. Uh, I had some computer problems. Somebody hacked into my computer. They Uh-oh. got into my bank accounts, and but I I caught it in time, thank God. But just as a side note, don't ever buy any kind of a a security or anything over the phone for your computer. And what they're doing today is a lot of these scam artists, they're saying that they're from Hewlett-Packard or they're from Microsoft and they have to get into your computer to, to fix a problem that, that's, yeah. you know, that they all use any excuse for them to get power over your computer. And they even ask you to download a, a website where they can actually control your computer. And, and uh, they, stupid me, uh, I, I fell for it. And it's I could see in the background they were downloading all my information, you know Ken's photos and, and all this and that, and, I'm, and that's when I knew that there was a problem. So I ran over to my bank, uh, TD Bank, and, and closed out the account. And uh, you know the, these people were trying to hack in everything. So I, I, I you know, I, I solved that problem. But uh, what was the question you asked me? I'm sorry. Oh, um, your discoveries on Mars and the Moon. Anything new there? And, and tell folks how you uh, come across some of these uh, anomalies. Oh, oh, yeah. Like I said, I, I downloaded the new uh, Google Earth, and, and I've gotten a lot of these, a lot of these photos uh, from uh, Google Mars. Uh, what you can do is you can kind of zoom down, and you can see where areas are. They're, they look like they're kind of highlighted, and depending on depending on what kind of computer you have, um, you know, you can really zoom down to to, to there's some incredible stuff, uh, incredible things you can find just by zooming down on one of these areas. It may take you ten hours to to properly um, browse through this this uh, you know image that that they're they're giving you. And I, quite frankly, I'm surprised they're doing it, but. If you have the patience and the time, uh, you can find some just just really you have no idea what what, what you're looking at sometimes, and that they certainly a lot of the things I find are not natural. I've been finding a lot of skeletons uh, on Mars, and uh, you know even the Moon. Even you can go to Google Moon and and um, uh, click on to where. 
we have landed on the moon, and they have some high-definition photos that you can zoom down in on, and you can you can scan all of these photos. And, and I've found a ton of things that that uh, were taken uh, during the apparent moon landings, and that's another story. Quite frankly, I don't think we ever went to the moon in '69, but that's another story. But uh, now you just have to be patient and. and uh, Browse the website and Google, uh, you know, Mars photos, and you just have to be patient. And sometimes you'll come across that ideal website that's co that's going to give you what you want. Because some of the websites, you know, they they're not high definition photos, and it's a waste of time. But you have to find a website that has the the high def uh, you know, photos, and and uh, you can you can find a lot of things. In worldufophotos.org. That is the place to go if you uh, want to see some of the best photos anywhere. More than 12,000 of these photos up there and over at WorldUFOPhotosAndNews.org. More than 2,400 case files from all around the world. Uh, all maintained by Ken Pfeiffer, who is state director of the Mutual UFO Network in Rhode Island and Vermont, chief investigator of the New Jersey chapter, and the international director in several countries for MUFON. Ken, I look forward to uh, talking with you again in a couple months, and have a good uh, 4th of July. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, you have a nice 4th of July, too, and, and uh, if you ever name me, just give me a buzz. I, I have tons of stuff to talk about. Hey, that's Ken Pfeiffer. Again, go check out his websites if you if you like what he does. Uh, support him because, you know, it doesn't, uh, well, uh, websites don't just pay for themselves. Uh, ain't that the truth? When we come back, we're going to talk with Tom Pettit, uh, who is a very fascinating guest. And uh, with him, we, of course, have talked about the connection between nuclear power plants and UFO sightings. But tonight, we're going to talk, well, we are going to talk about craft. But we're also going to talk about the interaction between us and them, as in the extraterrestrials from the beginning of time, including m m uh, more government documentation than you've probably ever seen in your life. Tom Pettit, coming up right after the break. On Facebook, like our page for all the updates at Paranormal Show. Hi folks, Ronnie here from Life Change Tea. There's a lot of hubbub about the ramifications of GMOs. First of all, what are GMOs? Genetically modified organisms. Yee! Man-made organisms entering our body, changing and damaging us from the inside out. What's our defense? First of all, not eating them. Second, cleansing from them when we do eat them. Thank God for Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea cleanses from toxins, heavy metals, and helps flush GMOs out of your body. Our unique blend of herbs help cleanse you from the inside out, helping you feel refreshed and clean of Yee! We also carry unique, one-of-a-kind supplements. So order online at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Rid yourself of the yee that contaminates your food and water. Go to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Get the tea. Your best defense. Make sure to select Into the Paranormal at checkout. GetTheTea.com. Advertise, advertise, advertise. 
What you're hearing now could be a message all about you. Join folks like Life Change Tea, Boomer Fitness, and Sildenafil in advertising on Into the Paranormal. Do you have a product or service to sell? Want some help getting recognized? Advertising on Into the Paranormal is affordable and effective. Find out by sending a message through the contact page at paranormalradio.com. Advertising on Into the Paranormal. Be a little parabnormal, why don't you? Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. Well, think about it, friends. It's pretty hard to subscribe to the theory that we are alone in this universe. I found it, well, last week on the program when we had that story about the possibilities or the chances of us being alone in the universe are somewhere in the range of 39 to 85%. 39 to 85% that we are alone in the universe, according to these people who basically, well, reworked everything that has been known to man since the beginning of time. And I think it's, uh, quite frankly, a little bit naive to believe that we are alone in this universe. But perhaps if you are convinced that that is the case, that we are alone in the universe... Perhaps you'll change your mind after hearing what we're going to talk about next with Tom Pettit. Tom's been interested in extraterrestrials and the paranormal since uh, as young as he can remember. He's a firm believer that ETs have been on this planet for possibly millions of years. Tom has researched UFOs and their military connections dating back to 1940 and has a library consisting of about 30,000, you heard that right, 30,000 documents on UFOs from the military and government. He is an avid amateur astronomer, and his first book, Vital Reactions, A Long Way Home, A History of Us and Them, explores the history of extraterrestrial beings and humans since the beginning of time. And it includes, like I said, the wealth of government documents that have been researched just about as thoroughly as humanly possible. And Tom is here uh, to, uh, to to bring us this information. Uh, Tom, you've got, uh, I, I'm just in awe at, at, at how many documents you, you have on the UFO phenomenon. Yeah, well, I've been, you know, I've been at the, my, my interest for this uh, just keeps growing. Um, and I keep, uh, I keep collecting documents. Uh, I try not to collect many documents from about 1990 to today i just don't uh i don't trust them the uh, reason in, reason for that is because the government now knows that we're snooping around a lot of people are snooping around trying to get uh these documents from them uh, from the military um and back in the late 30s early 40s uh, when the government really basically had no interest in UFOs, there really wasn't 
UFOs. They were here, but uh, when they would document something, they'd throw them in the files, and these files would grow and grow and grow. And when they first released these files in the 50s, they just did a mass dump of these files. So anybody and everybody grabbed them. And then Roswell came along and a few other incidents, and the government said, hey, wait a minute here. Um, we don't want the people to know what these are, who they are, and what we're doing with them. So the whole conspiracy mess started. Um, and then the Freedom of Information Act came along. And I don't know if you've, if you've ever tried to get anything through the Freedom of Information Act. It's um, a nightmare. I've got probably, oh yeah, I've, I've got probably 10 documents um, and I have probably 20 or 25 that are three years old and I'm still waiting. And two of the documents I already have in my possession and I refiled for them. And they said that the documents don't exist. They were destroyed in 1965. Well, I guess you know so, how much they're worth then. Yeah. I mean, th that's how much you can trust them document wise. So I just research it. I get uh, um, some stuff from the Black Vault. That's an amazing. He does an amazing job. And his document files are well, well over a million. So tell us about some of the most um, damning documents that you have in your possession. When I say damning, um, those that pretty much spell out what you and I already know. Well, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up, but I will. I, I have seen two documents through an acquaintance of mine who was in the military, and he, can, he did verify these documents. I did look at them. I do not have a copy of them. I know they exist. I will probably never, ever say what's in them, uh, what they're about, um, or who this person is. But these, I read these documents, and this was probably about 1987, 88. Um, they pretty much... They flushed me. I was like, are you serious? It was it was the time when the doors flew open and I stepped through and I said, I knew I was right. So those are probably the two of the damnest documents that I have ever seen. Yeah, that, that, those are those are pretty damning. All right, Tom. Um, yeah. We spoke with uh, Ken Pfeiffer, who's a MUFON investigator, and uh -huh. do documents uh, all of these, um, well, sightings and pictures of craft and everything. And he shared with us a story from 1956 of an Air Force bomber that def uh, departed what is now known as MacDill Air Force Base down near Tampa, Florida, headed for Africa. 
and after refueling once, never showed up again. And that includes the nuclear payload that was on board. Um, you've done some significant research. We've done a, a program on the connection between UFOs and nuclear power plants. What do you make of that story? Well, there's there's two scenarios there. It's either uh, these the plane went down, which is probably what happened. Um, I don't have anything other than what you're talking about. I haven't got any, you know, any more knowledge on it, or um, the government has used this. Uh, has hid this airplane away, has done something with this as far as maybe traded it with the aliens. They don't... When nuclear bombs disappear, there's a real good reason why. And they just don't vanish. They they just don't crash. Some of them have, but there's always a, there's always a reason and I have no more information on that other than like like you said. Yeah, but it certainly is interesting because if it did crash, uh, you would have to eventually somewhere, somehow, find the wreckage? Well, if it crashed in the ocean, it's it's gone. It's uh, sunk to the bottom and that's it. It could be sitting in 20,000 feet of water. Yeah, but don't you think with uh, with sonar and today's technology that it uh, the chances are it likely would have been found by now? Oh, well, they still haven't found that passenger liner that crashed over Malaysia. Over uh, in Malaysia, there's a lot of planes they haven't found, just gone. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. So there is certainly a, there certainly is a connection, um, and we're not saying that uh, in this case a UFO appeared over the craft and abducted these people and took the nuclear payload along with it. But certainly that is a possibility because we have oh, sure. we have seen many reports of craft uh, uh, appearing over nuclear power plants and, and nuclear sure. bases. They've got and some sort of fascin- uh, shutting them down. That's right, and shutting them down because they don't want us to have those. Because they're here, they're us from the future coming back here to prevent us from blowing this planet up. That's just the way it is. So they're going to make sure we can't use these weapons. Well, Tom, that's as far as I understand it. Yeah, in your uh, your first book, Vital Reactions: A Long Way Home, A History of Us and Them from the Aurora Project. Volume 1, which is the the lengthy title uh, to the book. Um, You talk about personal experience of those who have witnessed these craft and beings in in them uh, or or associated with them firsthand. Firsthand accounts from uh, everyone, every walk of life, from even experienced pilots to the average Joe and Jane. Oh, sure. To uh, priests, uh, Rock and roll stars, uh, plumbers, um, most of the credible ones that uh, are probably the military and the pilots, because they're the ones that are up, up in their, you know, 
up in their space more. And if and if uh, look how much the sightings started to skyrocket after uh, uh, we started to fly heavily back in the the thirties. And then once we really started flying heavily through the 40s and 50s, sightings went through the roof. And I'm sure they kind of went, well, these guys learned how to fly. And so they they come in and they check out the airplanes. I guess it would be like if we, uh, if suddenly ladybugs learned got in some sort of machine and learned how to fly around i think we would check them out pretty heavily <laughs> you gotta, you, yeah you, you got to remember that the difference in technology uh, they could be millions of years ahead of us they they probably very we're, are oh sure we're they're looking at us um very low life forms but very interesting life forms and these are people uh, who have uh, who have no reason to make this stuff up. In, fa- in fact, may have uh, more to lose than they do gain should they talk about this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I, I, I tell people when they say, well, uh, you know, these reports or these people are crazy. Betty and Barney Hill, 1961, 1962, um, a black man and a white woman. What was the state of America between the blacks and the whites in 1961 wasn't really good and now you have a black man married to a white woman they were living in a nice town and the town accepted them it was a small town and they didn't have any problems and he was even uh, on the board of the NAACP I believe in uh, in the state and uh, and they had their encounter and that blew up worldwide. I mean, it's still it's still one of the best cases ever. And why would these two people throw themselves into the worldwide press and cameras and newspapers? And why would they do that? that especially back then, it it just that doesn't make any sense. So LM, that proves it, it, to oh, me, go ahead. That proves to me something did happen to them. Over in our chat room on Spreaker, LM makes the point that it would be a scary thought to think we're alone. And uh, as far as that whole uh, thing is concerned, you say no way to that. Oh, heavens no, we're not alone. We never have been and we never will be. We're just a tiny piece in, in the universe. And uh, the beings that are here were more than likely sent here to watch us, to look at us, to explore us, just like we go into the rainforest and we capture butterflies and bugs and lizards and snakes and check them out and look at them. It's, it's on the same level. Well, I mean, what's the difference? Um, there are endless, endless other beings in the universe. We're just one of them. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, more life forms on other planets in other galaxies that are about the same level of us, above us, below us, some that will never get to our point, and others that will that will carry on for 10 billion years. Yeah. So how close have you come to a uh, close encounter, whether of the first, second, or third kind? Well, I had, a, I had an incident uh, in, uh, when I was living... Uh, in a, in a different in a different place in Michigan here, 
it was about 1995, 94, 95, somewhere in there. And I was out, I used to take my telescope out and set it up in parking lots at night and let people at stores and stuff and let people as they come and go could look at the moon or the planets or, you know, it was it was just kind of cool, something to do. Yeah. And we were, and I was set up one night at a, at a party store, um, about a half a mile down the road from me that I, I went there quite often and I knew the people really well. And I was, we were out there looking and there was me and, and, uh, three other people out there and we're looking and looking, looking at Jupiter and all of a sudden out of the wood line, 80 yards in front of us came these three balls of light about four feet off the ground and probably the size of a basketball, maybe a little bigger. One was kind of an orange, one was kind of yellow, and one was kind of white. They came out of the woods. They came out about 100 feet. They turned all in a row. They turned and went right back in the woods and lit the woods up as they went in, and then they were gone. And those other three people looked at me and said, what in the hell was that? I said, I don't know. They proceeded to leave very quickly. And that encounter has stuck with me as uh, I wasn't scared. I understand now what people say when they say they, 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 they see a UFO or they see an alien. I understand that feeling. It's hard to express that feeling. It's not fear. Um it, it's just a very strange feeling. I want to see it again. I want to know what that is, but I don't want to. I don't want to approach it. And I, I, I kept going back there many, many times, kind of apprehensive, but kind of hoping I'd see it again. I never saw it again, but um, just that one time. And I guess that's all it took for me because that was. If that's what orbs were, boy, those were good ones. Well, I, I it, it might be a good thing that you uh, you didn't experience that because you know you got to be careful what you wish for sometimes. If you want to have a, 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 a you had a close up encounter, and maybe the next time might be a closer encounter. And uh, I, hope, I hope so. Oh, so you're 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 hoping to get abducted? Oh, well, you betcha. I would love it. Well, oh yeah. Well, if. If they if they would float me out the window and take me away, I guess it's you know it may be a traumatic experience for me, but I think it would be a, a great learning. You certainly experience. would have a, a, a enough material for a couple more books. That's for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean through my astronomy, I have seen things in the sky uh, over the past thirty years that some of the stuff I cannot explain. I don't know what it was. It would go one way, and it would literally stop, and then it would go another way, and then it would stop, and then it would go straight down, or it would flare up, and then it would disappear, or it would change colors. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff that uh, doesn't bother me anymore. I kind of hope I see more every time I go out. And sometimes I just get away from the eyepiece and I just stand there and look up and watch. Mm. Very, very interesting thing to do we, is just... 
We've got a couple calls coming in here, and I want to try to uh, roll through some of them here. Okay. Uh, let's first go to Vermont. Uh, first name. Hi, Terry. Hello, Terry. You're on with uh, with uh, Tom Pettit. What do you think of the conversations thus far? I think it's fascinating, and I, I wanted to respond to Tom's comment about uh, hoping to be abducted. Please. I had an abduction experience in 1977, and Tom, I'll tell you, I still wake up screaming in the middle of the night following the experience. So I, I can tell you that I know people that have had positive experiences, but mine was in no way a positive experience. It was terrible. So your thoughts on that? Um, I would still be willing to go through it. It was an Just experience. Be- it was. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've done a lot of research on abductions, and uh, it's one of them things that I do wish would happen to me. But probably you know, I, won't. I know you've done a lot of uh, investigating about... Um, uh, UFOs around nuclear facilities. Sure. I was at Whiteman Air Force Base. Uh, uh-huh. Are you familiar with Whiteman? Sure. Uh, I was there when they had the Minuteman two, uh, ICBM system. Uh-huh. And in 1975, I saw uh, a friend, buddy of mine, we, we were together, we saw a UFO the size of a full-size cargo van sitting over a launch tube uh, out, at, out at a launch site. And was it, was like, glowing curious. pretty bright? No, it was matte black. Uh, it had no insignia. It was kind of diamond-shaped, and there, it was kind of faceted cut on angles. Um, and, as I said, it was no insignia. There, was, there were no uh, markings of any kind, no uh, bolts. No sound? No anything you could see. No, no sound. Dead silence. No sound. And, wow. and dead still. I'd seen a, a, a flying saucer before, and it kind of wobbled in the breeze. But this thing was right. dead. Uh, have you heard of anything like such? Oh, sure. That This happens all the time. Um, there have been UFO sightings over, I wouldn't say all nuclear facilities of the world, but about 80% of them have been visited, and that includes nuclear missile sites. That includes missile uh Storage sites, uh, nuclear weapon, you know, just this, this, the, the missile head site storage. They have places where they store just the missile heads. Hang on, hang on, Tom. Sorry to do it, but we are at the break. Uh, we'll hold the caller over and uh, we'll get the rest of your response after Pair of Normal News. I'm Jerry Scott. On Twitter, follow at Pair of Normal Show for everything into the Pair of Normal. Hey, things are about to get squatchy again. The second annual Oregon Bigfoot Festival, Saturday, August 18th at Glen Auto Park in Troutdale, Oregon. Featuring guest speakers Bob Gimlin of the Patterson-Gimlin film, Cliff Berkman from Finding Bigfoot, and playing Bigfoot himself, actor Jerry Bell Jr. With thanks to proud supporter Full Circle Farms. Into the Paranormal will be broadcasting live. We'll see you August 18th. For details, visit OregonBigfootFestival.com. 
you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Paranormal News, I'm Rich Giordano. Well, it's happened again. Students possessed by evil spirits in the Philippines. About 30 girls at Ronda National High School began shaking, acting wildly, and some had trouble breathing after reportedly seeing a man with half a body and no face inside their classroom. (laughs) The same school where four students were possessed by demons last year. The priest prayed for the girls, and classes were suspended. Officials are inviting the priest to bless the classrooms in an effort to drive the evil spirits away. Remember that discovery of the first known interstellar object in our solar system? Researchers are pretty sure they now know what it is, a comet in disguise. First called an asteroid, and then an interstellar object, Oumuamua was spotted last October at the Pan-STARRS telescope in Hawaii. Now, scientists have analyzed data from many observatories, including NASA's Hubble Space Telescope, and found that this interstellar object has gained an unexpected boost of speed. It's dark red, shaped like cigar, about 10 times as long as it is wide, and named the Hawaiian word for messenger or scout. An international team of researchers found the object's path could not be explained solely by the influence of the sun, moon, planets, and other large objects, but rather that it's propelled by the loss of water vapor and other gases. The observations were combined with data from multiple ground-based observatories, which showed Oumuamua to have a small, continuous, non-gravitational acceleration. Oumuamua is now on its way out of the solar system and will reach the distance of Saturn in early 2019. Connect with the news at ParanormalRadio.com. I'm Rich Giordano, Paranormal News. My guest tonight, he is author of Vital Reactions, A Long Way Home, A History of Us and Them, Being the Extraterrestrials. And Tom, I must tell you, uh, your statement that you want to be abducted is getting a lot of uh, feedback. Are you ready for questions? Uh, but first, oh, sure. we got to finish up with uh, our caller, Terry, uh, in Texas, who is uh, asking you about his abduction experience and still wondering if you would want to be abducted and you still say yes and then uh, part two of the question is about the uh, the nuclear power plants and uh, what these craft uh, the seeming fascination that they have um okay the uh as far as being abducted um i wouldn't uh if i had my wits about me while it was happening i would just allow it 
Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but um, uh, I've studied this for 30 years now. And uh, sometimes when you, uh, you study mountain climbing, you want to go mountain climbing. Uh, when you study something, a, a phenomena, um, it's like I, I, uh, I would like to go to Skinwalker Ranch and stay there overnight to see what what happens. Um, I would like to go out to uh, to the Alien Ranch out in Arizona, John Edmonds Ranch, and I would stay yeah. there to see what happens. I uh, I want to see the stuff. I want to be part of it. Jerry, did you have a, a question regarding this, uh, a specific question regarding the uh, the connection between uh, UFOs and nuclear power plants? I, I did, and I think Tom covered that. Really, my last question uh, for Tom was uh, just curious if he's ever thought that he may have been abducted in his past or had an abduction experience that's been uh, erased from your memory or partially erased. Great Possibility. question. I don't, uh, uh, I've never been hypnotized, you know, never been under uh, hypnot, you know, uh, hypnotized. Hypnotic regression. Yeah, the regression. Um, so I don't know. Um, I've never had the feeling like I've been abducted. Um, I guess I'm not the right type. And I have asked my family, my mother, my father, all my sisters and brothers, I've asked my wife, um, Nope, nobody that I know of thinks they've ever been abducted. So I'm kind of like, you know, darn it. I can't get a, personally, I can't get a firsthand witness. Can I get a witness? <laughs> somebody. <laughs> somebody, that, somebody that I don't have to travel halfway across the country to talk to. Thanks, Terry. It, it, we, thank appreciate, we appreciate the call. Yeah, it, it certainly is, uh, and our number is 855-790-8255. That does open up a line, so if you were trying to get through, um, call back, and you can you can get back in queue. Uh, 855-790-8255, that's 855-790-8255. You can Skype into the program, ITP51, or just click the button at paranormalradio.com. And uh, once you hear uh, the conversation between myself and Tom, extinguish your device, as the, old, as the late great Art Bell used to say, extinguish your device, and uh, then that won't cause any feedback on the line. Would appreciate that. Um, Let's get to some of these uh, questions. One of them coming from our chat room uh, through uh, the website tonight over on Discord um, from JG. Had an accidental encounter. Crazy as it sounds, it fled and let me be. Intelligent... Are, how intelligent are these ETs? And part two, uh, would they do anything afterwards? Um, they're highly intelligent. Uh, depends on uh, which ones you encounter. Um, I've, I've, I have understood that some of them um, are extremely curious about us. And they will literally follow us around. Um, they can materialize and dematerialize. Some of them can. Um, they're very smart. I would not try to outsmart them. But from what I've read and what I've heard, 
Um, most of the ones that are around that allow us to see them are, mer- are very malevolent. They're, uh, they seem to be very kind. They don't, just like, just like us, there's good ones and there's bad ones. And the bad ones are kept in check. And the, the, the good ones are, are here and there. They, they don't want to be seen, but when they are seen, uh, it's not like they attack us. Uh, they're, they're not monsters. And clarification on that from uh, JG. Uh, he wants to know, did anyone uh, who, uh, whose account is featured uh, in your book uh, who had one of these ET experiences uh, where these uh, aliens came back or were they left alone? Oh, many people are, 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 are abducted throughout their whole lifetime. Oh, sure. Um, if you look at uh, several people that, that they call uh, the communicators that can actually telepathically communicate, and uh, the government has, uh, has a whole branch of these people that they actually use to communicate with the ETs. And uh, I don't know if you ever uh, Clifford Stone. He was a communicator, and he has some wonderful stories. Uh, and he, his, his particular ET that grabbed onto him became his friend and still visits him today. And, and uh, her name is Corona. Mm-hmm. And he has some fascinating stories to, to tell, talk about her. Um, the the case that uh, JG makes in the chat room, and then we'll move on, uh, uh, was on a family vacation. Woke up from the top of my bunk bed. I remember first seeing flashing light out the window, and then these dark big eyes staring at me with a huge gray head, no mouth, and I knew it wasn't human. We both looked at each other with a deer in the headlights. I prayed to God it it would uh, it would leave me be, and it did. But I've been nervous of it tracking me down. Uh, or ever returning. Well, if it does come back, JG, you be certain and let us know. But uh, let's hope that this thing leaves you alone. Unless you're like Tom and you don't want to be left alone. Uh, in 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 that case, I found all you have to do, Tom, is go to a UFO fest um, uh-huh. with with a shirt on that says UFO volunteer, and they'll voluntarily <laughs> uh, voluntarily abduct you. Okay, and, and, and to protect yourself, just get a sword. So John Edmonds does. Yes. He just he, cuts her head off. Yeah, he's decapitated some of these. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they come and attack him. He just carries a sword around. I, I was talking to John one. I called him one day, and I said, John, I'm, I, I might come out and see you. He says, well, yeah, come on out. And uh, and, uh, uh, and I said, okay. And he, and he says, well, you got to bring a sword. And I go, well, I don't know if I can bring a sword on an airplane. You know, it's like <laughs> so. That's about as far as that went. But that yeah. was kind of comical. Yeah. Uh, from a sailor on uh, Twitter, how would the guest feel if the aliens, in an attempt to prove they have a sense of humor, abducted him and then returned him pregnant? Oh, interesting. Um, my concern would be. Where's this kid going to go, or this entity going to come out of? 
Are they going to? Do you really want to know, Tom? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what that'd be my first thought is, well, where's it going to come out of? Or are they going to take me back and remove it like they do to uh, women who do that? So, um, be interesting. Um, Okay, do you have any other, uh, are there any caveats or uh, any conditions you have to being abducted? Abduct me, but uh, everything but don't do this. Well, at my age, I'm in my late 50s, you know, I've had the, I've had the big boy test and that wasn't bad. So, uh, I, I guess going in the other end, uh, it would probably be a problem, but, uh, thank uh, you for, for putting it that way. All right, Tom, uh, and if you have questions, listeners, again, the number is uh, 855-790-8255, 855-790-8255. You're welcome to call at any point in time. Uh, if you're signed into Skype, just go to our website, paranormalradio.com, and click the Skype button, or just in the search button on Skype, type in ITP51 for into the Paranormal Area 51, and uh, you'll be able to find the program you can Skype in. Uh, either is clever. You can also uh, type your question into the chat room, whichever chat room you happen to be in tonight, and if you do have a question, just put that in all caps, and that'll be uh, more likely that I will see it, and we'll make sure we can get that to uh, to Tom, my guest tonight, uh, Tom Pettit, the, the uh, author of Vital Reactions, uh, A Long Way Home, History of Us and Them from the Aurora Project, Volume 1. Now, the subject material that we're going to talk about for the rest of the program tonight goes all the way back to the beginning of time, as you say in your book. These are interactions between extraterrestrials and human beings since the beginning of time. And some of the first ever reports came from the Native Americans. Correct. It came from the Native Americans and from the Aboriginals in Australia. Uh the Native Americans, it goes back, uh, uh, they say like, well, the white man wants a year. How far back does it go? And the Native Americans, twelve to 20,000 years in this country. They've been here for a very long time, a lot longer than we give them credit for. We say, oh, they've only been here for, you know, 3,000 years or so. It's no, no, they haven't. Uh, talk to their medicine men. Talk to their elders. And they'll, they'll tell you the truth. We're just, we just don't want to accept it. So. Like they, they have, a, they have a, a special name for, uh, for these people, don't they? Uh, yes, they do. They call them... Uh, they can be star people. Um, most of them are called star people. Um, they're the ones from the stars. They're the ones that uh, that brought them here. Uh, it depends on the tribe. Um, take the Zunis, for example. They uh, they were brought here from the star people, and they were saved by the ant people during one of the cataclysms that happened over 20,000 years ago, which is on geographic record 
as a cataclysm in that area. It was a massive volcano eruption. And when they went underground, they went underground and the ant people saved them because of massive fires. And then there was a massive flood and they saved them again. And there was another massive flood in the West. Lines up perfectly on the same timeline. So these people aren't making stories up. These aren't these aren't myths. These are legends. Legends are true. And they go back, like you mentioned, uh, thousands of years. Oh yeah. And and another uh, one of the uh, uh, entities that these uh, Native Americans say that they came in uh, contact with are people from the Pleiades constellation in the northern sky. The Pleiades constellation, correct. Those are the uh, the tall whites. There are several different species. Um, uh, when the tall whites, uh, they came here. Uh, they brought um, a lot of the original people here, the original Indians here. Um, and uh, they basically keep an eye on them, even to today. It's not like they came, left them, and they said, you know, good luck, here you go, take off. Uh, no, they're still in contact today. And also the star um, systems of Orion and uh, Sirius, uh, are, are, are they primarily, I mean, all kind of the same physically? What's that, the aliens? The, yeah, that, that the Native Americans say that they have, uh, from, I mean, from, you know, all these different places, do they all look the same? Oh, heavens no. They're all different. Uh, depends on the tribe. Uh, I would say there's probably about uh, 8 to 12 different aliens, depending on the tribe, depending on the time. We're going back almost 20,000 years. And a lot of the uh, uh, the alien, the ETs that were here, um, settled in the Indians and then they moved south and, and uh, settled in the Mayans and the Aztecs. Uh, the Mayans and the, the Aztecs also say that they've encountered extraterrestrials well, sure. for, the, for thousands they, of years. Sure. A lot of the American Indians went south into Mexico and blended in with the Mayans and the Aztecs. And then when they, when their civilizations died, left, we don't know what, quite what happened to them. Or they got taken. Who knows? Uh, a lot of them came back north and blended into the tribes of the Southwest again. And it's amazing when you look at the, the, the architecture uh of the Mayans and the Aztecs, and then you look at the the architecture and the artwork and the jewelry of the Native Americans. Uh, the similarity is incredible. Uh, in fact, the the sign for corn is pretty much the same all over the world. How can that be? Why is that like that? Why are the aliens the beings that the American Indians say, this is a sky person. This is the person who brought my people here. They, they, they draw them on a wall in a cave. 
You go to Australia. The original says, these are the sky people. These are the ones that brought us here. It's the same creature. It's the same being. You go to China, same being. You go to South America, same being. Something's... That's too much of a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. Well, throw more, more uh, throw another one in there. The uh, leader of the Lakota tribe says that symbols on the Roswell wreckage also had some meanings. And these mysterious exactly. beings uh, came from above, from spheres of light, and came to abduct the children of the Lakota Indian tribe. Sure. They, uh, they uh, in fact, when the... Medicine men knew that the aliens were coming. They would take all the children and they would take all the women and they would put them into uh, a teepee or hogan, something secure, and, and protect them because they would just come in and take them. And most of the times they didn't bring them back. We are talking so about uh, encounters from the beginning of time, literally up into present day. We heard from Ken Pfeiffer earlier with UFO sighting reports as soon as two days ago. And now we're going back hundreds of thousands, uh, or definitely thousands of years, hundreds of years back into our history to examine some of the culture between us and them, them being the extraterrestrials. This one predating, uh, say that, uh, Tom? Have you ever done any uh, reading on the aboriginals of Australia? I have not, no. Their, their society, it's the oldest uh, society in the world. They're the oldest continuous civilization on the planet. Um... I'm reading here right from the sheet. Uh, dates back over 60,000 years. And it could be further. Uh, and they say they say the same thing. They call them, the, they're known as the sky beings. The uh, Wandijna, this is the supreme creator. And he had large eyes and a large head. And that's what they depict. In their uh, in their petroglyphs, this it's the same being, and they have actually talked with uh, Native American uh, shamans. Uh, the shaman, they have shamans too. Their 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 society is set up very very similar to uh, the Native American Indians, and uh, they have talked and. It's just amazing. It's like, well, you're almost like my brother. And it just, you read that and it just, uh, it, it, it sends a chill up your spine. It's like, there's a lot more to this than, than, uh, than people know. A lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, and this, five years before Roswell, October 11th, uh, well, sorry, about five, more than 500 years before uh, Roswell, back in, well, the the turn of the, uh, the of the century, 1492, October 11th, a small band of ships sailed westward, and they had no idea the historical events that they were about to partake in. It's 10 p.m. on board the flagship Santa Maria, 
A few men are on deck with Columbus that night, and they saw a light in the distance. It came up from the water and looked as a flickering of a menorah would. As it swayed from side to side, it cast a light on the surface and then quickly disappeared into the sky. In several entries in his log, Christopher Columbus talks about stars that move from their place. Yet, this UFO sighting that Christopher Columbus had in 1492 is not documented in any of the textbooks that our children are going to read today. That's right. And the uh, the church, uh, he's from uh, Portugal, I believe, uh, the church did their best to remove anything. Um, there's only a few copies of his original uh, log that has that in it. Most of them have been collected and destroyed, or that's that that uh, that's been taken right out of the text. And when he got back after his voyage, he was called before the uh, the leaders of the church, and they said. Uh, we read your log, and what's this about a menorah? Uh, because they didn't really, I mean, the, the Jewish faith weren't really in good terms. And he said, it was just a, a phrase I used. I didn't know what else to write down. That's what it looked like. And he got in a lot of trouble for saying, for writing that down in his log. And yeah. he was very close to getting executed a lot of people don't know that but if you go back into the church documents and into his writings he talks about that about being very nervous going in front of the tribunal the church tribunal and he had to talk his way out of it in fact one of the church representatives who was on board they'd always send a church member with these ships he actually stuck up for Columbus and said, yes, that's what it looked like. It, I, I, we didn't know what else to do. We're documenting thousands of years of extraterrestrial history from civilizations past, present, and future. With Tom Pettit, we'll continue after the top of the hour. Streaming 24-7 on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live and at ParabnormalRadio.com. Do you take Viagra? Are you tired of overpaying for your pills? What if you could get the exact same results for a fraction of the price? Guaranteed. Well, now you can with sildenafil, the active ingredient in Viagra. With 20 milligram generic sildenafil tablets, you get the exact same results of Viagra for less than $2 per pill. And again, the results are guaranteed. That's right, absolutely guaranteed results for a fraction of the cost of Viagra. So give your wallet a break and call us toll-free at 800-511-9761 to get your generic sildenafil delivered discreetly to your door. 
And of course, while saving hundreds of dollars, you'll also be saving time by saying goodbye to those long, embarrassing pharmacy lines once and for all. Again, just call 800-511-9761 and get your generic Sildenafil with a 100% money-back guarantee. Getting your pills doesn't get any easier or cheaper than this. So call 800-511-9761 now. Paranormal News with John Jeter. Not your ordinary newscast. Residents across the area are reporting seeing and hearing strange events. Could our brains be transferable one of these days? Yet another one of those unexplained booms. Nearly 100 additional exoplanets have been discovered beyond our solar system. Paranormal News with John Jeter. Not for the fate of art. Well, that's uh, it's really dark, man. Only on Into the Paranormal. Just tales of UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, and earth-shattering science. You're traveling into the paranormal. Hey, we're offering gifts for the next couple of subscribers who uh, sign up at ParabnormalRadio.com for as low as $3 a month or $30 a year. You can get access to the podcast for this show, which is the recording of the live broadcast minus 99% of the commercials. We make it a compact audio recording that you can download. You can stream it on demand from our website or put it into your podcast player. And you'll find the information at ParabnormalRadio.com. Uh, that's how we continue to grow the show is through your support. And if you're interested, you can check out the information at ParabnormalRadio.com. We'll tell you about what's coming up next week on the program in the next half hour. But we're back with uh, Tom Pettit. And we're talking uh, about his uh, work uh, outlined in Vital Reactions, A Long Way Home, A History of Us and Them. And we're going all the way back to the uh, beginning of time where the the uh, Native Americans, the Mayans, and the Aztecs, even Christopher Columbus, have reported encounters, well, close encounters. And now we, uh, we, we continue our conversation with uh, Tom. Uh, these uh, alien messages are also portrayed in hieroglyphs and petroglyphs. Yes, they are. They're... Uh in my new book I'm writing, which is basically um, American Native American culture and and how uh, the sky people have influenced them. It's a book about the connection between them. And in there I have a, a, a section all on, on hydroglyphs and petroglyphs. Uh, and some of the hydroglyphs in there... Uh, it's hard to date them, but they're looking at some that could be twelve to 15,000 years old. And the Native American people uh, didn't record their history. They It was all verbal. Everything was verbal. 
Uh, they didn't, like, you know, like Europeans, we'd write stuff down. We had huge libraries, you know, we'd had stacks of books. We'd, you know, we needed to take notes. We'd grab a piece of paper or whatever, and we'd jot it down. The Native American Indians didn't, didn't used to do that. Everything was verbal. And what has happened over time is uh, that the, the information uh, was passed from one elder to the next. They would bring these, these kids up, specific kids, to be elders, men and women both. And uh, they went through specific training. It took years and years and years to become a shaman, elder to get this knowledge, this special knowledge that nobody else knows. Nobody in the world knows this knowledge. It's in them, and it stays with them. They never release it or talk about it. And the problem in the Indian community now is the kids don't, the kids don't want to do that. They don't want to stay there. They're losing their heritage, and it's a terrible tragedy. So... A lot of these shamans are getting together now and talking about it. They don't want to, but they have to because they're going to lose it. And they're trying to record it and write it down. And it's breaking their hearts to talk about it. But they have to or it's going to be gone. And we're going to lose something that can't be replaced. Um, How do you replace a whole culture history? I, I don't know any way to do it. Tom Pettit, my guest, 855-790-8255. That's 855-790-8255. Uh, let's fast forward up to the Reagan briefing. Uh, I think f- folks probably oh, yeah. a little bit more familiar with that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was... <laughs> Ronald Reagan was a clown. He was uh, was a very, very smart man. He was an incredibly smart man. And the Reagan briefing, they basically got him in there. And uh, it was him and the CIA. I don't even know where he's in here to get the exact. You know what page that was on? To get the exact date. Uh, Here we go. Um. They took him in. They took him to, um, here it is right here. Where did they take him? They took him, it was in 1981, uh, and they took him to Camp David in Maryland. And they sat him down, and there was uh, uh, President Reagan, CIA Director William Casey, and a CIA contract employee who worked with a group called The Caretakers. And if you study these documents and documents in that era of of Reagan, Ford, uh, Carter, that name, the caretakers, comes up quite often. I was quite surprised how often it comes up. Well, they sat him down and they said, look, we're going to tell you something uh, that you may not believe, but of course he He was a UFO hound, too. So uh, they sat him down and they told him. They told him the whole thing. They told him uh, that uh, the caretaker told him that the aliens are real. 
We've been working with them. Um, they're called the Group 6 that takes care of all the information that they collected from them. And uh, President Nixon knew probably as much, if not more, than anybody. That was a whole another story. Um, so they sat him down, I think it was for a couple of days, and they went through uh, they went through all the paperwork. Uh, they talked about the crashed UFOs. They talked about alien bodies that they had recovered, um, uh, dead aliens and live aliens. Um, they talked about taking them to uh, to a, a, a base at Wright Field in Ohio, which is now Patterson Air Force Base. Um, that's where the bodies went. Um, a lot of the remains of the bodies were also sent to Los Alamos for further investigation. Um, and he says here in one in one Pacific part, they don't have any similar characteristics of a human with the exception of their eyes, ears, and mouth. Their internal body organs are different. Their skin is different. Their eyes and ears may even breathe different. Their brain was entirely different from a human. Uh, so he said, we couldn't classify any part of these aliens with a human. Uh, their skin was different. Uh, this was just a whole new being. Uh, this was from a crash in 1949. Uh, um, and they managed, they had one alien that stayed alive from this crash, until 1952, when it finally died in 1952. Um, and they learned quite a bit from it. That's where the term EBE came in the first time in, 19, in uh, the late 40s. Um, and they began to communicate with uh, this alien before it died. Um, and he was, the EBE was housed at Los Alamos uh, at Sandia's base. Um, but it didn't talk, but him. it didn't talk like a human, Tom. No, no, it, it telepathic. They don't talk. They kind of know what you're going to say before you say it. A lot of people say it's a brain overload. We can't, it takes a while to get used to it. And then you get in the flow and you can just sit there and it's, there's such an incredible magnetic transfer of information be between you and the being. Uh, a lot of people say it's amazing, and a lot of people just can't take it. it go, they go into overload, and they can't take it. And they have to break off via communications. But this was a, 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 a entity that seemingly adapted to its surroundings. It was very intelligent, was able to learn the English language very quickly, oh, sure. mainly from yes. uh, the military personnel around it who were responsible for its safety and care. But they didn't Correct. care too well for it because it died in 1952. It died. Yeah. And I don't know if they ever found out why. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, they cut it open and look in there and go, well, what's this thing and what does it do? So, yeah. Uh, it's been a huge learning curve 
All right. Uh, uh, B in the chat room says uh, they've never heard of this Reagan UFO briefing ever. What is the document that supports this, uh, or is it on your website? And you don't have a website, uh, so you've put all of this information uh, in the last 100 pages of the book, just document after document. Go to, just go to Yahoo, or go to, uh, uh, not Yahoo, go to, uh, just go to Google search engine and type in uh, the Reagan briefing and you can download the whole thing. It's fascinating to read. If you believe in, I mean, I believe it happened. Sure. Why not? And Reagan, uh, Reagan came out several times and even admitted that he knew they were real. And, of course, the uh, Ronald Reagan situation is really only even just the tip of the iceberg. There have been presidents all throughout a time uh, who have talked on the UFO subject. In fact, go check out the shows I've done with Grant Cameron because he's the the presidential disclosure guy. And uh, he was uh, very instrumental in uh, securing the uh, Clinton UFO library files. So, uh, uh, you know, we've done shows on that. And I want to focus on some other aspects of of this, including... Uh, but we'll take a call first, uh, and then we'll we'll get back to this because Tom had mentioned earlier eight to twelve kinds of aliens per tribe. Well, you might be uh, shocked to find out how many species of beings have visited us on Earth over time. But first, we want to welcome a caller in Illinois into the pair of normal. Hello, who's this? Hi. Gloria, how are you gentlemen tonight? Uh, well, didn't catch the first name. Can you say that again? Oh, sure. Gloria, hi. Hello, Gloria. How are you? Okay. How are you guys? Wonderful. Uh, you've been hearing the conversation with Tom Pettit tonight? Yes, I have. I wanted to say a couple of things. First, I wanted to compliment Tom. Obviously, he's done quite a bit of research, and I was particularly interested in um, when he was talking about the petroglyphs and how they are, because they are very hard to date. I lived out west for a while. Some people say 2000. I kind of agree with him when I think they're a lot older, maybe 10, maybe 20. Kind of like the pyramids. You know, they're, they're always trying to say they're earlier than I think they really are. I think they're much older. Because there is no record of what happened to some of the Native Americans. The Native Americans out there will tell you they don't know what happened to them. They've just, they're gone. You know, and all this left our petroglyphs. So I find that interesting. But I wanted to caution him about um, being... Wanting, wanting to be visited by aliens. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Gloria. I don't think it's a good thing to wish for. No, because I was starting when I was 10 years old. I called Art Bell about, oh, I don't know, in the 90s. And they were still visiting me when I was in my 40s. And it's petrifying. It's the thing. You're woken up in the middle of the night in a dead sleep, and there's a creature in your room, and you can't move. You're, you're absolutely paralyzed, and you know they're there, and you're kind of asleep, but you're not really asleep, and you're trying to wake up. Well, one night, I got so angry, I actually woke up, and I startled it, and I was really happy to see that it actually moved away. Um, it, it's not fun. It, it isn't fun, and you have no control. That was the first time I ever had control. 
and I was in my 40s then, and they had been visiting me off and on since I was 10 years old. You know, it, it isn't fun. Now, was I ever in a spacecraft nut that I can remember? Have you ever had a, a hypnotic never. regression or anything like that? No, I haven't. But, you know, I, no. But I know I was 10 years old when they first started visiting, and they visited a lot. And my mother told me never to tell anybody. She said, they'll take you away and put you in a rubber room. Mm-hmm. Did, did and, were your mother were your mother or grand grandmother ever taken? Well, you know, I don't know, but I know my mother was very interested in Heineck and his research. Doctor J. Allen Heineck. Uh, yeah, J. Allen Heineck, and she talked to me a lot about that when I was a teenager. But then these wow. um, instances happened to me starting when I was ten. And after she said that to me when I was ten, I never brought it up to them again. And they happened to me through my twenties, through my thirties into my 40s, and the time I called the Art Bell Show after it happened, the next day there was a giant crop circle in Hampshire, Illinois, and that was documented in the paper. And that night I saw the regular aliens that I'd always seen, and I saw a lizard thing trying to crawl in my window, and then I, this sounds like I'm an absolute crazy person. No, 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 it doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. No. No. Well... And then there was like a nine foot, you know, a person shaped with a big hood, and but it had red glowing eyes. And Arpel just went nuts and said, "Red eyes, no!" But then they took me. Well, first, uh, um, the regular, what I call the regular alien. Everybody calls them the Greys, but Whitley Strieber's um, cover on his novel that was so successful didn't look like the ones I saw. The ones I saw were wrinklier and had more square heads, and the big eyes, and the little nose, and the straight mouth, and no ears. But um, what happened that night was, first, the lizard thing came in, and that made me scared to death. And then the next thing, there's the regular alien. This is nuts, but that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And then I got mad at it, and I woke kind of up, and it had, like, sort of a probe. It hit it behind its back, and then the next thing I knew, it was like, he probed the middle of my nose, like, you know, right where your third eye would be or something. And all I saw in my brain was um, fighter planes, like, you know, all the fighter planes in the whole world. Not that I know what they all are, but I, I knew that, that I had seen them on TV. And they were all different. And they were like a split second, this one, that one, this one, that one, this one. And then he's saying to me, why do you need all these? Why do you need all these terrible weapons? And then I got mad and I said, you know, leave me alone. And then it was like, after everything we've done for you, that's when I noticed the tall guy. The next thing I'm on my deck, in the trees, there's an owl. I'm standing in front of the tall guy with the little wrinkly guy in front of me. And he's pointing to the moon. And he said, that's where we're from or staying or something. Isn't that weird? (laughs) <laughs> no, that sounds real. That sounds ex- that falls right in line. I've heard everything that you've said. I've heard it over and over and over again. The owl, the tall guys, the 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 lizard guy. Uh, uh, that, that's you said the owl, and I kind of went, "Wow, that's yeah." She's uh, she's on she's online. That's it. Uh, well, the significance. You know, but I'm telling you, it's not. Scary. If you want to be scared to death, you're a stronger person than I am. Because 
Uh, hey, Gloria, no. before we let you go, um, you mentioned the different kinds of uh, species of aliens, the lizard man and whatnot that you've encountered. Take a guess. Um, how many species of aliens do you think exist? You know, I have no clue. I mean, it would be irresponsible for me to even guess. I know I've gone online and I've looked at various people that have said this, that, and the other. I've only seen three. So I've seen the little wrinkly guy. I, I did see the uh, the um, the iguana alien, I call him, the lizard. It, it was very strange looking. It, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what it looked like. It it was a, like a, a man type thing. It, it was like maybe five tall, and the skin was um, diamond shaped, different colors that actually the colors changed, and it had a, a big long snout and a grin and teeth, mm-hmm. kind of like a crocodile face. And then the the person entity at the end of the bed had a hood and was like I said about nine feet tall. So. I don't know what the face was, but I, I did see red eyes. That's all I've he seen. Was, so he was the always the red eyes. Thanks, Gloria. The, all right. the tall guy was the controller. He was there to guide them, to tell them what to do. Did we lose you, Tom? No, I'm still here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Thanks, caller. We really appreciate it. Uh, The answer is 57, Tom. And where do we get that number? Um, From Heinz? (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) Clifford Clifford Stone has... That's the first time I heard a confirmation for 57. Because he said... That's the number that was always, he was always told and was always on the documents, was 57 known species. Known species. Yeah, and then I've heard there's 300. And then, I I don't think they really know. I I really don't think they know. But uh, but, uh, I don't know necessarily that I would want to find out personally either. The nice ones I would want to meet. Well, you have two people uh, who have personally voiced uh, their opinion that you should not wish mm-hmm. to get abducted. And I know many more uh, would would echo that uh, out in our audience tonight. But uh-huh. you're still you're still saying go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I like a man with I'm guts. Game. I like a man with guts. Tom Pettit for another half hour on this Saturday night. As we travel somewhere between abnormal and paranormal, I'm Jeremy Scott. Paranormal news with Rich Giordano is coming up next. Growing up slowly, Don't venture too far. You might not make it back into the paranormal. Ain't that true?
Expand your consciousness with Gaia. From your living room or on the go, Gaia is available on Apple TV and the iOS, Roku, Chromecast, Amazon Fire TV, and Android. Or you can watch from their website. Join their community of seekers, dreamers, and doers to empower your own evolution of consciousness. Discover over 8,000 ad-free streaming titles to inspire and encourage your curiosity. Just look for the banner that says Gaia, G-A-I-A, at ParanormalRadio.com. Our house, it has no internet. Low on data or away from the internet? Hey, as long as you've got minutes on your phone, you can listen to Into the Paranormal live for free. Call 701-719-9703. That's 701-719-9703. Powered by TalkStream Live. Listen to Into the Paranormal on your phone anytime for free. Yeah, baby. And make sure you download the Paranormal Radio app for iOS and Android. Paranormal News. I'm Rich Giordano. What if space was all full of toxic, sticky grease? A paper has been published that makes exactly that case. Astronomers at the University of South Wales in Australia and a university in Turkey says it's an oily form of hydrogen-bound carbon that's leaked into empty space by blazing stars and may have been a key ingredient in the formation of new stars and planets. There could be five times as much space grease lubing up the Milky Way as previously thought, trillions of tons worth. That's a whole lot of lard. (laughs) Add in dust, soot, and electromagnetic radiation, and the grease becomes a toxic concoction. Chemistry professor Tim Schmidt says it's likely that solar wind keeps the grease from gumming up our solar system. Suborbital flights to space could begin any day now on Blue Origin's new Shepard vehicle. The company has announced that tickets for commercial flights will go on sale next year. There's no word on the price tag, but can you put a price on such an excursion? They plan to start flying the first test passenger soon. Listen to that engine rumble. Mission Control has confirmed New Shepard has cleared the tower on its way to space from the West Texas desert. No humans have been on their eight previous test flights. Blue Origin Senior Vice President Rob Meyerson says, We believe that setting up colonies on the moon is the next logical step towards exploring Mars and beyond. And their vision is millions of people living and working in space. The company is also developing the Blue Moon Lunar Lander. Their competitor, Virgin Galactic, already has 700 people signed up for its flights. Connect with the news at ParabnormalRadio.com. I'm Rich Giordano, Parabnormal News.
family doesn't bite, call 818-672-6865 or Skype in at Into Paranormal. 855-790-8255 is the number. That's 855-790-8255 or talk. And it's toll free. You can also Skype ITP51. In order to guarantee that your question gets answered, that's probably the best option right now. Either call or Skype into the program. Got uh, many of you out there who are sending in your questions as well, and uh, uh, I'm like a, a, uh, I'm like a baseball catcher. I'm trying to juggle it all, uh, but I want to make sure that we can get as many of these questions in from you, the audience, for Tom Pettit tonight. And so, um, if you uh, have not got your question answered. Uh, that's probably the best thing to do. Uh, he is author of Vital Reactions, A Long Way Home, A History of Us and Them, exploring the history of extraterrestrial beings and humans since the beginning of time, including just a fraction of his 30,000 government documents on the subject of UFOs. Tom, I think very important to this subject is the uh, the uh, section in which you deal with UFO crashes because these are aircraft that, for whatever reason, have crash-landed, and in some cases, aliens on board, some walking around, others dead upon impact, um, and we can get into some of the reasons why. Sure. But I think uh, you, you should maybe first pinpoint... Uh, uh, some of the top, uh, say the top five UFO crashes. I mean, Roswell's up there. Um, there was also the, uh, uh, well, there's a couple more, the Corona, the Corona crash, and um, the uh, one that, I, that I'm escaping yeah. right now. Uh, we had uh, Paul Blake Smith uh, on that one. Let me just see if I can do a quick uh, Google. Um, there was uh, Laredo, Texas in in 48. Uh, if you want to go back even further, Cape Girardeau, Missouri was Cape in Girardeau. And that yes, was Cape, yes, Cape that, Girardeau. That's that said to one, be America's first UFO crash, and that's the one we yeah. had uh, Paul Blake Smith on about. Correct. But there was a, uh, in 1909, uh, we can go back, uh, there was a very large airship that crashed uh, south of Chicago that was not a dirigible, they said. Uh, they said they didn't said. know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Cape Toronto was probably the first major one in that. Uh, uh, Aurora, Texas. And they called out uh, Aurora, Texas. Yep, Aurora, Texas. Uh, let's see, where's Aurora, Texas? That uh, one in uh, 18, 1897. 18 there the Aurora, that was the one that hit the uh that hit the windmill of the uh uh of the judge and they buried the parts in the well and filled it in and then they put the alien in the a little gray game a little ceremony put him in the graveyard and put a little headstone on there and then they both disappeared so um and they have a, a a, a memorial sign set up there at the graveyard, um, which is kind of cool. They just did that a few years ago. And then there was one Burlington, Vermont, in 1907. Uh, let's see. Uh, one in San Antonio, um, 1945. 
which was uh, yeah, around the same time as uh, as the Laredo crash. Uh, the San Antonio yeah. crash happening August 16th, and the Laredo crash was about a month and a half prior on July uh-huh. the 7th. Mm-hmm. Then there was uh, uh, Magdalena, New Mexico in 1946. Yes. And uh, the ones I got in here, I mean, then there was uh, Socorro. Of course, Socorro was a big one. Uh, the uh, crash at the uh, Miroc Air Force Base in California in 1952. Yep. Um, Mojave Desert crash, that was a big one. A uh, couple more in Laredo, Texas. A uh, couple more in Aztec. Uh, yeah, the Aztec, the Aztec incident. That's the one that I was referring to uh, earlier. Right. Uh, also, we can't forget to the Shag Harbor event in 1967 in the Nova sh- Scotia. In Nova Scotia, that's a, that's really strange. Well, I, but there's one even stranger than that. 1974, an extraterrestrial craft was actually shot down in Germany on May the 24th of 1974. Yeah, that, that was at uh, Ramstein Air Force Base. They shot it down. Um, and... I believe in the early 80s, the Russians did the same. Um, yeah, must have been uh, Zerokovta, whatever that was. They sent up a fighter and they got into actually got into a battle. They were shooting it at one another. And this pilot, they said, oh, he's a good pilot. So, yeah, he just got lucky. And he hit, he shot in managed to hit the UFO, a 20-millimeter uh, cannon he was using, and the UFO knew he was in trouble, so he took his shot at the airplane, shot the airplane down. Both of them ended up crashing into the airfield. So, and Well, and one of recent uh, was uh, 2008 in Needles, California, an oval object that was glowing turquoise straight out of the sky over the Colorado River and crashed west of the river may 14th of 2008 so there are many of these ufo crashes that uh that cover uh that cover decades and yet yeah they, they you know i was gonna say and yet uh, and the government will tell you that no ufos crashed no ufos crashed and the data is there the 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 documentation is out there uh you have a, a, a government document from, let's say, the 1949 or so, and it has all the markings on it. See, when these documents go across these um, desks in the military, everybody has to sign off. And they put a little signature on it or a little, you know, AB or whatever their little thing on it. That, yeah, I've read it. So what? And then it moves on. And you, you, you get these documents, they got all these scribbling all over it. And that's one way to find out that it's authentic because this thing had been across maybe four or five desks before it actually got put away. And uh, there's signatures in there. There's time stamps. Uh, the original paper, the person that, that actually micro that copied the original document, when they look at the paper, it's a certain type of paper. They have uh, analyzed the paper. They have analyzed the ink. They know exactly what typewriter the ink is from that time period. That the, the type is from that time period. Uh, 
it all lines up. It's like, why would somebody make hundreds of thousands of fake documents using 1940s typewriters? It exactly. just doesn't make any sense. Exactly. You know, it doesn't make any sense. I I don't buy it. <laughs> no. No, neither do I. Um, well, from the uh, chat room tonight, we had a question from uh, LM. I wanted to make sure we could get this in. Um, have you ever researched any biblical UFOs, like depicted in some of Da Vinci's paintings or Ezekiel's oh, sure. will? Wheel. I was I was just watching on YouTube a couple days ago, and they were talking about the biblical UFOs, and I went, oh, that kind of grabbed my attention, and uh, I watched it, and in a lot of the paintings from the. Oh, the Renaissance era. That's what I'm looking for. The Renaissance era. These paintings will show Virgin Mary or a priest or they'll show Jesus. Uh, and uh, uh, if you look, they'll be somewhere up in the corner. Uh, they'll be, it's like, what is that? You look at it and go, well, that's a UFO. You know, it's uh, uh, and there's even a painting, uh, I believe of of uh, of Mary and of, of baby Jesus. And if you look in the background, there's a man standing there, pointing up at the sky, and there's a dog next to him looking in the sky, and there's a UFO up there. There's something up there that has rays of light coming off of it. It's like a UFO to me. But the ones who know say, oh, no, that just represents the Holy Father or the, or the, the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's God's presence. It's like I've never seen God as a flying saucer. I don't know what else to call it. Um, how much have you looked at these at these pictures? Are you are you asking me personally, Tom? Yes, yes. Uh, I can't say that I've looked at them too closely or for any length of time. Yeah, if you look at them real close, uh, the artist apparently was many artists in the Renaissance era were into uh, UFOs very heavily uh, because there they are. Um, trying to find... Well, let's uh, let's take a call right now uh, while we have okay. an opportunity. In New York, hello, you're on into the Paranormal with Tom Pettit. Hello, good evening, everyone. Good evening to you. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. So, my name is Indigo, and I actually had, um, I guess, two questions of experiences that occurred to me that I just haven't fully understood, and I guess raised Catholic, we weren't really discussed or talked about <laughs> much things. Um, my first experience occurred where um, where I have a friend who is a medium, and um, she said to me, and I trust her, because I've seen her predictions, and she does well, so I guess that actually came true, so I trust her input, I know she's liable. 
Um, I know I have a psych background. I know who's liable and who's not. Um, but she said to me one point, startled me, that she said, you'll see at one point that you have an alien background. You're not 100% human. And that kind of freaked me out because anyone hearing that, I think, would be freaked out. That kind of swept on the rug. Didn't want to hear it. And then um, being holistic, I went to an energy healer, and he had a similar thing, or I didn't tell him anything previous to that, and he said during the, um, it was almost like a massage healing type thing, and he said to me, he's like, I see these entities coming in the room, they're like lights, like light orbs, orb lights, but he said they weren't human, he said they were like you, but you were very impatient, which I still am, um, and jumped the gun into a human body. Um, and I as well seen, um, it, it, how do I say it, like the, the grays in dream state, but I kind of block them out because I've done meditation in the past and I just like insist that, that I don't have any contact with them. Um, and I as well been told I, I look Nordic, so I'm not sure if that's because the background of being connected to, from whatever history, Nordic alien beings. Human uh, extra, extraterrestrials purportedly from Pleiades, as we uh, talked about earlier uh, in our Native American section, Tom. Yeah, very well could I do be. Have Native um, American, um, I have Native American bloodline, but I have no Nordic bloodline uh-huh. in my family. Um, uh, you, was your mother, was your mother, your sister, your brother... Your aunt, uh, they usually stick in the, the female side of, of, of the bloodlines. They do take males, too. But it's usually a generation thing, uh, and they usually use the females. If you get abducted, your mother could have been, your grandmother could have been, your sisters. Did anybody else in your family been maybe abducted or have the same feelings you do? Um, I mean... I know definitely none of my sisters and aunts. Um, my grandmother, it's like really hard to know because my um, my uh, mother was actually a foster child, so I don't really know a lot of you know information that way. Hmm. But you get the strong feeling like it's like you're part Nordic. I, I just feel like I've never, I've always felt, like, different from others. Um, how do I say it? In that way? And, and just, I never, and just someone said to me, like, do you, you look very Nordic? And, I'm, and I was just, like, surprised by that. And then when I looked into the, you know, into the Nordic aliens thing, the, I guess, aspect, so I was curious myself. And I, wonder, I was wondering, is there, like, a two and two there that I look at the Nordic features? And um, sensitive myself as well, and kind of like I have like indigo child qualities. If that's where it's coming from, it very well could be. I don't have a lot of research on the Nordic abductions. I have most of it is on the Greys uh, connected with uh, the reptilians, uh, the mantis creatures. Um, Hey, Indigo, um, maybe uh, if you'd like some uh, some more information on this, uh, you might go check out uh, the show we did uh, on episode 213 with Dr. Michael Sala uh, because he has oh, yeah. he has uh, d- 
done research on Nordic ETs, and we we devote a section of the show uh, to this uh, to this species. So uh, you might find some information there. Thank you. I appreciate Good it. I've never understood it. I was kind of curious, and it's very scary for me. So if someone who knows better than I do, just to, like, I guess gently <laughs> get more information, understand where it's coming from and, and how it connects. Um, so I definitely strongly believe that there's star planets have been intermingling with human species. I don't feel like we are 100%, um, you know, I, I, know I guess, I don't want to say, I don't know how to say it, but I definitely believe there's indigo children because some, you know, star people, indigo, star children, just a whole different diversity. And like you said, like we're not alone on this planet. And there's different, you know, entities that have crossed paths over thousands and millions of years. Thank you, Indigo from right. uh, New York. Uh, amazing call tonight, and I hope we hope you can. Uh, I hope you can check out that episode because you might find uh, the answer to your question in there. No guarantees, but it's worth a try. Um, yeah, Tom. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, no. Like I said, I haven't done much on on the Nordics. I know the Nordics are the Nordics are our friends. They're here to keep an eye on us. They actually intervened when uh, the Granetta Treaty was signed by Eisenhower. They came in and said, "You did a really bad thing here. You don't, you know, don't mess with these guys. You should, you know, we can fix this for you. It's not too late." And yeah, they kind of said, "Buzz off." So, uh, well, they were right. So, luckily, they stuck around and they're still protecting us. They're one of the protectors. They're one of the ones that are more malevolent and more easier to get along with, I should say. In case I don't have an opportunity before we have to end this program, I want to thank everybody in the audience tonight for your great calls, your awesome questions, and participation. It's uh, it's really been a fun show. I know Tom's enjoyed uh, hearing your questions as well. Um, one thing we talked about earlier... Uh, we mentioned some of these subjects, and I had made a comment about, well, it's sad that these are not described or uh, a part of textbooks. I believe I was talking about the Christopher Columbus event there and how when we learn about Christopher Columbus, you know, they don't put in the little detail uh, that we talked about earlier. And you're, you're doing something to kind of, uh, well, change that. Make sure that kids, our, our young ones growing up, that this is part of the curriculum. I think it's important. Yeah, I'm starting a new series. My, my, one of my new books is going to be the, uh, the first book in the series. It's called the Orion series. And what I intend to do, uh, I'd like to change the way our, our young people are taught and the information that they're given. Just tell them the truth. Uh, the the the. the for the past 70 to 80 years, you know, we have been, you know, visited well, longer than that, but we have been documenting the visitations. And uh, the way these books on aliens and alien life and alien visitations are written, uh, you've seen enough of the books. They're, they're not written for, uh, let's say, from a fifth grade on up. I mean, these kids open these books and they look and they go, I'm not going to read these 500 words on this page. This is crazy. They, they lose interest very quickly. So my books are going to be geared to very 
short paragraph. Just say what you're trying to say. Go in there, get it done, and get out and move on. Uh, don't stretch a silly topic out for a whole half of a paragraph, uh, 8,000 words to describe one thing that you can describe in 200 words. It, you got to keep their attention. I have four kids of my own, and I know you have to keep their attention. And if you bore them with reading, my kids all love to read. Uh, if you bore them with reading, they're going to shut the book and walk off and go sit down in front of the TV. But if you can keep their attention and short paragraphs, get to the point, get it said, and get on and move on, and don't lie about it. Write the truth. Write the truth that if they go, hey, what's this about? Then they can explore it, and then they can find out more and more. I'm not going to tell you everything in a chapter, but I'm going to tell you enough that I hope it's going to spring a spring in their mind, and they go, that's kind of cool. I'm going to go check, you know, and they'll type it in the Internet and check it out. Who knows? And then they could be on their way to a lifetime of of, uh, of exploring. Uh, Indians could be exploring a space program. Uh, they could be the ones that actually break the disclosure bottleneck that we got going on now. Um, people are going to have to know what's going on if this disclosure goes down like they say it's going to go down. Um, it's not really a disclosure. This is going to be a confirmation. They've already disclosed. Well, your this book, is going to be a your book is disclosure, Tom, because the 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 amount of data and the amount of documentation uh, contained within those pages. That's all you need. That's evidence right there. Oh, sure. Yeah, and like I said, and I can back up anything in this book. I don't. I tell the truth because I mean, what's the sense? You know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. This is a teaching book. I want to teach people, read it and learn. And a lot of people are going to learn and look at it and go, well, I didn't know that. Well, why did they do that? And it's like, yeah, start asking questions, people. If they tell you it doesn't exist or it didn't happen, don't take that. For, don't, no, find out. The answers are out there. Okay, I've been wanting to know all night. What's the kitty's name? Oh, that's Gracie. Gracie. Yeah, she's a she's probably about 15, 16 years old. We don't know how old she is. We found her in the barn when we moved into this house uh, 15 years ago, and she was maybe two or three then. So who knows? And she's well, she's <laughs> been by your side the entire time tonight. So uh, yeah, you, she's she's wandering around. <laughs> she's she's certainly captivated, uh, as I know the audience yeah. is, is is as well tonight. Tom, we've got a minute left. What's next for the state of ufology in this disclosure wave? Well, I think the uh, uh, I'm not going to really look much on uh, on the uh, to the Stars Academy. I, I got my own opinion on that, but uh, I think the. Uh, um, Jeremy Corbell's going to have some stuff. He's got some some shows coming up. One on the Skinwalker Ranch, and then one uh, with Bob Lazar. He's got two specials coming up that I think are really going to are really going to blow things open. Um, 
Yeah, we, we've talked with, Jer- with Jeremy as well, so I, I know I'm doing a lot of shameless plugging tonight. But, you know, there's all kind of ties together. And if you want the information, well, the information is there. You just have to go out and get it. Thank you for supporting our advertisers. It keeps the show free for everyone. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror? How do you like to learn the secret to losing three to five pounds a week without joining the gym or going through any crazy diets? It's called Body Sculpt RX. For the last two decades, we've helped countless people lose thousands of pounds. And now... It's your turn. Learn how to lose weight with one simple phone call and no prescription needed. You'll see an amazing difference in a matter of days. Don't believe us? We'll offer you a risk-free money-back guarantee. So if you're ready to start losing weight, call right now and get a free month supply with your first order of Body Sculpt RX. Call now. You have nothing to lose but the pounds. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. That's 800-395-4207. You've heard me talking about My Patriot Supply for a while, and things aren't getting any easier. From global conflicts and unstable supply chains, when shelves run on empty, you don't have to panic. Choose peace of mind with their three-month emergency food supply to keep your shelves and your stomach full. In an emergency, you won't have the time, resources, and ingredients to prepare your meals in the way you're used to. But you can get a leg up with My Patriot Supply. It's a three-month emergency food supply. You don't have to skimp. It's ready when you are. It's disaster-proof. And no food boredom here. 20-plus flavorful food and drink varieties. My Patriot Supply is offering a special deal for Into the Parabnormal listeners when you go to parabnormalradio.com slash food. Get your My Patriot Supply today from parabnormalradio.com slash food. That's parabnormalradio.com slash food. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.